You're listening to the B&H Photography Podcast. For over 40 years, B&H has been the professional source for photography, video, audio, and more. For your favorite gear, news, and reviews, visit us at bnh.com or download the B&H app to your iPhone or Android device. Now here's your host, Alan Weitz. Welcome to the B&H Photography Podcast. Today's episode is an iPhone extravaganza. John Harris and I will be speaking with several acclaimed photographers and how they've incorporated the iPhone into their day-to-day workflow. By now, most of you have probably heard that a new iPhone has been announced, and depending on your source of information, the iPhone 7 is either the best or worst thing that's ever happened to photography. As we're recording, the phone is not yet available, but our guest, Olivia Laurent, editor of Lightbox at Time.com, has had it for about a week now, and he's going to be joining us in the studio. He's going to tell us about how he got his hands on the new phone before the rest of us and some first impressions of how it works as a camera. But before we speak, Olivia, we're going to be chatting with three photographers, each with their own iPhone story to tell. First up is Robin Robertis a winner of the 2016 IPP, the iPhone Photography Awards. Robin will fill us in on the apps and accessories she uses to create her unique images. After a break, we'll chat with veteran photojournalist and documentarian Ed Kashi on how he's been incorporating the iPhone into his news and long-form reporting. Finally, we'll be speaking with Brendan O'Shea. You may be very familiar with one of Brendan's photos as it was featured in the Shot on the iPhone 6 ad campaign. Brendan will tell us about his experience with the campaign and his photo work in general. We'll wrap up the show with Olivia Laurent, who has actually had a chance to use the new iPhone 7. Robin Robertis' work encompasses almost all that you can do with an iPhone, from straight photography to app-produced dreamlike imagery. Her background as a painter informs much of what she does, but it's clear, too, that the omnipresence of a phone has sparked a new creativity, particularly with her underwater-based work. So you're known as being an iPhone photographer, but what came first, the iPhone or the interest in photography. Just curious about that. Oh, gosh, definitely the iPhone. I just hung around with a bunch of world-renowned photographers. I was very, very lucky. I I, um, I followed. We have a group of guys that do a retreat every year. There's um, Jack Davis, Dwight Jones, and Ricky Cook, and they run um, a Molokai retreat for photographers. And what was very interesting is that originally everybody was going there for Photoshop, and as the retreat and the years progressed, we all picked up these wonderful devices that were iPhones. And like I said, I wasn't a photographer. I just hung around with these guys, and I was always so intimidated. And then when this little iPhone came out, I just, you know, I can't go wrong. There's just a couple buttons there, so I'm in love with it. So you skipped the entire conventional photography experience. You went straight to the phone. I kind of did. And actually, even before that, um, I'm an artist, I'm a painter, and I dove right into Photoshop before they were layers, just because of the fact that I'm a collage artist as well. And it was giving me the opportunity. I'm not proficient in my drawing skills or my painting skills. So to enable to, to be able to photograph something and collage it together and then change my mind before I painted. I mean, it was just, it's just an incredible tool. I just couldn't be more happier. Is your entire workflow in phone or are you doing anything in a computer? It's all in phone right now for, for lack of not being able to afford Photoshop a few years ago. (laughs) Gosh, with all the apps and they just, there's more and more every day. It just, um, allows me to do things that 
you know, that I, that I could do in Photoshop and that now I wouldn't know how to do in Photoshop. Can you, can you describe some of the apps that you're talking about and what are some of the things that they do? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, special effects apps. I mean, well, first of all, I always I always open my my um, my images in in Snapseed, just kind of tweak things around in there, and then you can um, juxtaposer was one of the first applications that you could actually work in layers. You could you could take little composites and then throw them into another image. Um, you have really fun fun apps like Tiny Planets, Symmetry, where you can mirror things. Oh, you have alien sky. You can throw in some skies. You can throw in effects. Do you always return to kind of your favorite apps or do you just kind of, you found a new one and you'd like to work with that for a while and then another new one and you'd like to work with that one and that influences the the work you put out or do you kind of always return to a, a favorite with an image in mind? Well, I always have, I have my, my favorite go-to apps that I always go to, but, um, every once in a while I'll, I'll, I'll take a class online. Uh, Susan Tuttle has a great mobile mastery, I think it is. Um, and she'll throw in different applications and just to get me out of my comfort zone, there was a really fun app that I would have never found on my own called amazing wigs. And when I find, um, and I know when I find an app that I like, I tend to do things in series and, and then, you know, then I'll drop it for a while. And do you shoot through an app or do you shoot just with the, with the iPhone straight? Yeah, mostly with the native. I will shoot in vivid HDR is, is just an awesome app for, for low light. Um, everybody that I've, I've introduced that app to has just gone crazy. It's wonderful. Um, you have camera plus with, um, I think it's a built-in macro you can do. Um, uh, and then there's also, you know, long exposure apps. There's a long exposure pro, which is the newest app. And that seems to be a favorite with my big, big boy photographer friends there. You can mask, um, mask in the app so you can photograph long exposure pro work it and then mask out what you don't want. And would you say if you could break down the time that you spend, uh, shooting and then processing, can you kind of give us a, a ratio of how much time you spend processing work? I mean, I know, I'm sure it's the image to image. It depends, but uh, do you spend a lot of time? Oh yeah, no. I mean, so, you know, if the light's right and and the subject is perfect, and you snap that shot, it can maybe I'll almost always just open it up, crop it um, in Snapseed, and do a few adjustments, and that's it. But other times, oh, late at night, I'll get on my phone and I'll throw uh, oh an alien sky in there, or I'll mm -hmm. I'll, I'll warp it around. Um, I, I like abstract painting too, so I like to just go off the, you know, do the 90 degree turn and, and do things that are unrecognizable. Painterly. Yeah. And, and when you first jumped on the iPhone and started taking pictures, did you immediately create images that were more painterly or did that come, did you work that in later? Um, about half and half. Um, one of the very, f uh, and one of my favorite shots in, I think that was taken around 2010 or 11 was, um, with an application called slow shutter. It was just a one shot and I believe that I, I, I sent it to you, mm -hmm. to you guys. Um, mm -hmm. uh, it's just very um, painteresque, and and um, so yeah, a little bit of both. Do you paint less now that you're kind of channeling uh, the creativity toward the phone and the apps and the yes. images you create that way? Yeah. 
you should see me years ago. I used to pack all my colored pencils and my paints. And ever since the iPhone came out, I'm like, hell with that. I just, you know, a little iPhone and give me, you know, I shoot with a couple of low lenses, which are fun. That's and- what I wanted to ask you also. Are you using auxiliary lenses or accessories? Because some of the images are obviously not visually what that camera lens would see. So, right. are, so you you are using little add-on lenses as well? Oh yeah, yeah. I use the Olo Clip. Um, I love their fisheye, their wide angle. Um, yeah, I'll 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 try anything. I buy cheap lenses from um, China and and you know snap them on, see what I get from there. So you play? Um, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. I mean, for me, it's all about play. Do you visualize the final image, let's say, that, that you'll create uh, when you see it often? Or is it usually you take the picture and, as you said, then you'll, you'll jump to the app and you'll work on it and maybe work out some of the flaws and, and then create something? Does the inspiration come more from the moment or more from the process, let's say? Well, it really, really half and half. You know, my iPhone is with me every single day. So, um, you know, to the walks on the beach, the things that I would never, ever expect. Um, I, I like to photograph because it, I have it handy. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have, um, been on a few retreats with some wonderful artists that, that plan their shoots. And, and I, I, I do plan a few of my shoots with, um, my unwitting models, my nephews and my nieces and my friends and, um, and dog. sometimes, yeah, my dog, of course, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and try to execute it that way. It never usually turns out the way I want it to, but that, that would be a skill I would love to hone. Well, let me say, for example, there's an image that I've seen on, on your site uh, several times now. It's the, uh, it's a boat. I am, think it's on a river with some, some brush and some trees hanging yeah, over it. Yeah, it looks very painterly. It's very, yes. Yeah, it's yes. completely a painterly image. Uh, when you first saw that site, did you say to yourself, okay, that's going to be... Uh, an impressionistic type of image when I'm done with it? Or did that something that just came later as you started playing with it? Well, I had a little bit of an idea because I was really lucky enough to go to Monet's Gardens in Gimene, um, Paris this last, um, I think it was May. So I kind of wanted to incorporate a little bit of impressionism at it, but actually it was something that, that came out really just by accident because I shoot a lot, um, which I love, is hip, hipstamatic. And um, hipstamatic, if you shake the camera, um, it will change the lens and, um, and the film. And so a lot of times, you know, I'm shooting what everybody else is shooting, and I don't want to always shoot the same thing. I, I get tired. I want to I portray it in a little bit of a different manner. So a lot of times, if I get bored, I'll, I'll shoot in hipstamatic. I'll shake the phone, and it'll mix up. And for the grace of God, sometimes it chooses a really... <laughs> right. And that's what actually happened with that. It, it chose like, an impressionistic, and then I just kind of went with it, and I went, wow, I'm in Monet's Gardens, and, uh-huh. and this works. So, All right, then. Let's yeah. Imagine what he would have done with it. Oh, you know, that's what I <laughs> because this, this, this age is just so, I mean, this, this tool has just changed photography, and not just, you know, it's not just mobile photography, it's changed photography, and it's changed the way people live. Um, I travel to all sorts of places, and and uh, a lot of a lot of times China and everybody's got their phone. So it's, you know, you, you walk to the Louvre and you, everybody's holding up their phone there. So it's, yeah. It's oh, a so here's a question for you. Okay. You're traveling the world as a, an artist who is making her way with a phone. And you just said, and everywhere you go, everybody has a phone. Why, right. why are you standing out from the crowd? What is it about your work? 
it all stands out. It's all done well. Oh, well, thank you for saying so, because I'm, I'm always not quite sure. You know, I go on little tangents and I'll do, you know, I'll use an app, like you said, for, you know, I don't know, a few weeks and then I'll change it up and do something else. And, and do you think if you, if, I mean. I think it's because my background is an artist. I'm always looking for, I'm just looking for things to make pretty mm-hmm. <laughs> in this not so pretty life. <laughs> I think that's a pretty fair way to, to put it. But you do work well with the tools that are within the parameters of what you feel comfortable with. I, I do. So that's an important thing. I do. And I, I've lost a lot of iPhones in, in the water and, and in ponds and different areas, but I always seem to have two people. You'll usually give me one that they have an upgrade. And that's usually what I use for, um, underwater i i tend to really like the optrix case a lot and and i've just been known to drop it in a bottom of a koi pond and see what happens (laughs) (laughs) i was actually was going to ask you just about that about the underwater work and if uh, if you could mention i guess first of all apps and and accessories as you just did uh that that help you with your underwater work but also if there's a if there's a different approach that you take when you're when you're working underwater or, or what you're looking for or what drew you to that kind of photography? Well, I'm a swimmer and I live right right by the ocean, so you know I'm, I'm always in the water. And my first my first uh, Pentax was was an underwater camera. And then when I found out that I could actually put the iPhone underwater, that was really way cool. And and um, then when I really trusted the camera, I mean the case, which was the Optrix case, that was really more fun. So a lot of times I'll take the Optrix case. Um, put it on an application such as Camera Sharp, which will continually shoot, and you can um, you know tell, tell it how many seconds in between intervals, and how, you know what I think it maxes out at 82 photos. But um, a lot of times I'll just stick a selfie stick down there and and just let it run, or drop it at the bottom of a pool and have people swim over because you're bound to get one or two, I think. Yeah. yeah. And let's say you did just snap off 82 shots and you found mm-hmm. one that you liked. What do you do with the other 81? You save them or you dump them? Oh, I dump them usually, but then I save the ones that are maybes and the ones that, you know, mm-hmm. in case I lose this one. And Selective you know. editing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. And uh, I'm assuming you have the iPhone 6. Uh, which one do you have? Which the iPhone, iPhone 6 do you? Plus. 6 Plus. Is there anything that if you could add specifically to the, the new camera, the iPhone 7, anything uh, off the top of your head that you would ask to, uh, to add? Oh, the optical zoom, I think, would be really cool. How soon before you're going to upgrade? Um, when it comes out in a couple of days. <laughs> okay. And is that going to reduce your, your desire for a quote-unquote real camera? Or just no. Or just back it off a bit? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm actually, you know, I, I this this Olympus E10, it, it's converted into infrared and full spectrum, mm-hmm. and that is is a different type of photography that really draws me in and and I would really love to explore that. And the the awards that you've won and the recognition that you received, has it come through Instagram basically or did you send out your work to competitions and and well the IPPA awards I I entered that um the past couple of years and was totally surprised by that honor this year. Mm -hmm. Um are you getting any commercial nibblers based on your fine artwork? I've gotten a few. I have that's a good thing. Okay, well deserved. You, B and H calling me. Oh, I just appreciate that people really love my art. I, I have a you know really good union job that pays the bills, so it's not you know it's not something that I that I have to. Well, it is something that I have to do because it's it's my work. It's mm-hmm. what I do. But yeah. what do you do 
to, uh, uh, to, to pay the rent, if hey, we may ask. <laughs> <laughs> I am so lucky. I am a stewardess. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. It's wonderful. And what the iPhone does is it takes away any hesitancy or, or uh, it takes away from me being afraid to go places. I'm always just a little, you know, a lot more confident when I have my phone. It's maybe an extension of me, I think. That's well, terrific. Because it all comes together now. You must live near an airport too, that, right? That's right. We keep hearing airplanes going over. Is she actually <laughs> flying during this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But now what, what we do have going is, is um, once a year we have a creative photography for the soul that, that we run on Molokai. We meaning actually I don't. I, I do a lot of the admin work, but it's um, Ricky Cook and Dwight Jones, um, Lynette iPhone Diva and Jack Davis. And um, What's the name of the workshop again? It's um, Creative Photography for the Soul. Okay. All righty. Thank you. Wonderful talking with you and great work. Next, we welcome Ed Kashi back to the show. Ed is a multifaceted veteran photographer with photojournalism, long-form documentary, and filmmaking as part of his long resume, which includes shooting for the likes of New York Times, National Geographic, and the Seven Photo Agency. In 2012, Ed was one of five photographers assigned by Time magazine to document Hurricane Sandy using just an iPhone. And through National Geographic, Ed teaches workshops on shooting with the iPhone. Phone. For a photographer well-versed in film and digital photography, as well as movie making, it'll be interesting to learn how and when he chooses to shoot with an iPhone. Why would you choose an iPhone over a DSLR? Well, um, there, there are a number of reasons I might choose to shoot, you know, documentary or journalistic work with a phone, an iPhone. And one is to be less conspicuous and, you know, have a smaller footprint. Uh, another reason is that, um, it's sort of a different aesthetic and, uh, especially with the different, you know, the social media tools and the way you can, you know, make these pictures immediately share them. These are, and I know there's, you know, Wi-Fi enabled cameras now, but there's just something about the aesthetic of the iPhone that also is different than shooting with my 35 mil camera. So, you know, there's a variety of reasons why I like doing it. Um, it. It also has become sort of almost an adjunct to my 35 millimeter work, whether I'm working in film, you know, making document short documentaries or, you know, creating a body of still images. Mm -hmm. And what would you not then shoot with an iPhone? Well, you know, like, like any camera, any tool, there's limitations in the iPhone as a camera has tremendous limitations you know, in terms of low light, capturing movement, if there's not a lot of light, you know, there, 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 um, there's, there's, uh, you know, working with depth of field and, mm -hmm. and focus, and there's certain very fine, more finer elements to photography that are much harder, if not impossible to deal with, especially if you're working in dynamic situations, uh, as opposed to, let's say, doing still lives. So, um, you know, I, I don't choose to work with an iPhone ideally in very fast moving situations, um, in low light. Uh, and certainly if there's any, you know, a lot of action. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. It's a great tool with, and it has its limitations. Right. It's an amazing tool. <laughs> and, you know, and the other thing that it does is, you know, it's again, like if you decide to shoot with a Rolly flex with film, it's going to slow you down. You know, if you're going to, you know, the, the, the choice you make of what tool to use in photography, you know, physically impacts how you do it. So one of the other things about working with my iPhone is in some ways it slows me down and I work 
in a more deliberate and careful manner. Mm -hmm. So um, I find that to be sometimes very refreshing. Uh, you know, there's something quite often, I think, you know, there's always the, the danger of getting into a visual rut when you use the same tool all the time. And so, um, you know, for me, this is yet another way to remain fresh and dynamic uh, in the way I work. And did the, I'm sorry, did the, uh, the iPhone then replace another tool in your bag? Like, for example, the Raleigh Flex, did you kind of stop shooting? Let's say, for example, you may have brought out a Raleigh Flex along with your DSLR, and now you're kind of using that energy with the iPhone, or did the iPhone just kind of create its own world? Yeah, the the iPhone didn't replace another tool. It it just be, it it created a new a new option in my toolkit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, if me personally, I viewed using my iPhone the way I view every once in a while picking up one of my film cameras and going out and shooting one or two rolls of film. I look although, although I tend to have my phone with me a lot more often than I have a film camera. That that's the difference. And that's one of the other beauties of it is that you know generally most of us. I mean, let's say I'll speak for myself. I have my phone with me virtually all the time. Yeah. Which means I now always have a camera. And one of the things that you know, like okay, so in a sense, one thing it replaced in a in a in a way is carrying the Leica around with film. But you mm-hmm. know, I stopped doing that years ago. Because I found that when I come out of the field, you know, because I work so intensely, I needed a break. I didn't want a camera around my neck or shoulders. I I mm-hmm. really needed a break. Understood. Stay, sure. You know, stay fresh. But what's so cool now is I get that break, but then I still have this camera with me, and quite and it's quite a, a, a formidable camera as well. For all its limitations, the quality of what of the images it creates are quite beautiful. And as we we well know, every year. With every new version, it gets better and better. And what's especially cool about them, they make phone calls. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they do? <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, have you caught any images with your iPhone that, let's say, you, you, you didn't have another camera with you and you use that to catch something that then you later published uh, for straight-up photojournalistic work or Well, uh, yeah, sure. And, and, I mean, one of the, fir- you know, one of the first examples of that was being on assignment for time magazine to cover hurricane sandy and uh i was one of the five photographers that was assigned for this two-day period and when the hurricane came and then the aftermath so that was a great example a very profound example of using your phone uh camera to cover a breaking news event and i don't do breaking news i'm a long form in-depth you know, storytelling, but there are times where I have to cover news or, or, you know, these kinds of events. And, and so, um, but I've had a number of situations now where I've used my phone camera and it's gone on to be published. Now being published today, remember is not, does not necessarily mean in print, mm-hmm. you know, so, uh, that's and a I'm good also, point. Yeah. Yeah. And also I have, uh, you know, my mobile related work is in exhibitions uh, right now, there's uh, something at Norderlich in, in, in Holland related to the everyday climate change feed, which I'm a part of. And um, it's a pretty cool idea. As we post new images, then we also send high-res versions to the gallery in, in Groningen in, in, in Holland, and they're printing them on the spot and putting them up. So, you know, there's um, a couple of years ago, I had 
uh, grids that I put together, four image grids from iPhone pictures that were part of the uh, the fence, you know, the photo uh, uh, Photoville, yeah. So, so, you know, as you guys know, all the lines are blurring, all the old designations or, or the ones we maybe grew up with, they're all being blown apart and reformed. And the iPhone and, and that ilk of camera is, is, a, is certainly a, a central part of that change and disruption. It's, it's interesting you say that because early on, one of the first statements you came out was that you have your, your cam- I'm, I'm paraphrasing, your iPhone pictures and your camera pictures, and you separated them in, in, in a certain way. I don't remember exactly how you put it, but now you're basically, and I was going to ask you, do you ever combine pictures taken on an assignment with, between your phone and your quote unquote real cameras? And you just told yeah. me, yes, you do. Absolutely. And I'm trying to avoid, you know, uh, saying real camera. I mean, the reality is an iPhone or a high-end Android, those are real cameras, you know, that we, you know, it's all part of the landscape changing where we need to change how we talk about things. Yeah. So I always try to catch myself from making that what is really now a false distinction saying, you know, my Canon is real camera and my iPhone is not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're just different tools. Yeah. So would there be a time, let's say you're on an assignment or you're, you're doing a, a project that is primarily with your DSLR uh, and you, you have your DSLR around your neck and you're shooting with it, will there be a moment when you'll feel the need to pull out the, uh, the iPhone to catch a, a moment maybe serendipitously or for another reason? Or is it just kind of one or the other when you have them? No, I'll absolutely do that. And, and it's, as I said before, you know, it's, I can't emphasize this enough. It's like a visual, it's like an eye refresher. You know, I'll, I remember a few years ago, I was working in Northern Nigeria on a pretty intense project about, you know, Boko Haram and Christian Muslim violence and working, you know, 99% of it with my Canon. And then, you know, we stopped it for gas at some station and, and there are these kids who were selling peanuts and bananas and and I took out my iPhone and made this very design very designy graphic picture of the patterns of their of their you know hijabs and mm-hmm. so forth well you know I could have taken that picture with my canon but for some reason I I I didn't and I wouldn't but but I immediately almost like without thinking about it pulled out my iPhone and it was like sketching mm-hmm. and then when I put that away and I mm-hmm. pick up my canon it's like I've refreshed my eyes Interesting. Understood. Yep, I get it. Do you have any apps that you particularly use, or <clears throat> not, not? Not so much. Yeah, well, I, I'm not a huge techie guy, but the, the I like working with uh, Pro Camera, um, and uh, I think that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. And um, I like that because yeah, Pro Camera is my go-to app because I can get like a 17 meg TIFF out of it when I shoot in, in that setting. And also I can activate the shutter by touching anywhere on the screen. So it means I don't have to be searching for that button on the bottom of the, of the, of the camera. Uh, so that is a huge asset when I'm working out in public, it's a way to even be more incognito where it's harder for people to tell whether I'm photographing, um, and there are a number of other, you know, I can be more selective in my focus and my exposure settings using that app. Mm-hmm. So that's my go-to app. But when I'm in a situation where I might have to be shooting like rapid fire and, and I need to be concerned about buffering because the pro camera, the files are so big, 
the even in the iPhone 6 s it can buffer I'll I'll use the the iPhone camera which is an excellent camera and that you know doesn't give me quite as big of a file but it's still a beautiful file and then I can also shift easily to panoramic or video modes mm-hmm. so those are the two capture apps I use and then for uh post production I use Snapseed mm-hmm. uh which is just a brilliant tool and then for dissemination of course i use instagram which leads to twitter and facebook right right actually i'm I'm glad you brought the the uh the pro camera up my next question had to do with the actual handling of the iphone which for me is a big problem i i can't seem to find that button when i need to or get focus in the right spot and needless to say there's some glare off the screen that can be a problem do you have, uh, other than the app you mentioned, does that pose a problem for you sometimes? Totally. And and uh, I, I'm knock on wood. I can't believe I've never dropped it. <laughs> but, uh, you shouldn't have on... said that. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but well, it... well, I have dropped it, but I haven't lost it. Anyway, oh, okay. No, I mean, that's why I like working with the Pro Camera app. And I, I'm sure there's others that do this, but that's the one I use and I'm really happy with it. Um, I find that to be a huge advantage um, because I hate having to search for that button. Mm-hmm. It takes my eye off of the scene, and in some cases it really exposes me to what I'm doing. You know, you feel clumsy, whereas the fact that I can just sort of tap anywhere on the screen with my thumb and make a picture is a beautiful thing. Um, I also use like a, a Mophie case, uh, you know, a, bat- a, a battery case, mm-hmm. which not only is a great protector of the phone, but it more than doubles the battery life. So that, that and that extra physical size, I find to be hugely important. You know, my hands are not huge, but they're big. Mm-hmm. And um, I find the iPhone with no, no case feels very uh, delicate, easy to drop and, you know, sort of slippery. So, so having that bigger case is a huge, uh, also really helps in making it feel a little more firm and solid in my hands. For me, the biggest issue is really just the, the, the holding of it and composing. It still is problematic. Yeah. The glare thing is a huge problem. Coming from the world of real cameras and now using phones, what, what limitations do you have that get you crazy? Quite often, the standard focal length is too wide, wide, uh, and then you know there you just know that if you're going to zoom in, you're going to diminish the image quality. But again, it's sort of like I use it, I use it within its limitations, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. and also, I love shooting wide angle and layered images. So for me, it's not as big of a of a leap, if you like you know, aesthetically and, 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 um, even just physically the way I maneuver. If you're someone who like, you know, is a sports photographer who shoots with 600 mil lenses. Oh, you're going to go nuts. You go insane, you know? (laughs) And when did you first pick up an iPhone? How how many generations back? And when did you, let's say even first embrace it? Well, I, you know, I probably got the first iPhone whenever that was 2007 or something. So long time. Yeah. Right. It was 2008, but, um, it wasn't, you know, and I, played with the phone but i never took it seriously as a as a real tool and then it wasn't really until then my 13 year old daughter so that was five years ago taught turned me on to instagram okay and uh <laughs> and that's when i sort of saw it as more than just oh you know that's cute there's a camera on my phone plus then you started to have you know like the new yorker had me do a takeover of their feed i think i've done three or four now in the last five years for the new yorker and you know i started to get 
and then the time assignment came through and then it was like hmm this yeah. is this is real now i'm 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 not only doing things at a high profile and i'm getting published in and also getting i'm getting paid i'm i'm it's a source of you know not a huge source of income right. but it is an income stream and and the sky is the limit i mean there are opportunities now uh, you know i've done for the last two years a gig for ups around the holidays that you know i've got probably the biggest day rate of my 40-year career with that huh. who would have thought right but yeah. but will that come again will Will, is that sustainable? Who knows? Because the world we're living in today, you know, these opportunities come and go. And right. it's not like it was when I began, you know, where you'd, you'd, you'd get in with a client and as long as you do a good job, they keep on hiring you. It doesn't work that way anymore because not only do the clients change, but the formats change. And the so it's a very, you know, so this is all such a weird time. Exciting <laughs> time. It's an exciting time, but it's a, it's a, it can be a very discomforting time too. Well, it seems like you're, you've embraced it pretty well, uh, I'd say. And yeah, so, you, so it, it does seem that there are maybe not more jobs, but uh, can you give us kind of a, a ratio of the amount of when work comes to you, is it, it's increasingly iPhone related or that's just a, a few examples? Oh, uh, there, I don't see an increase in it, but um, it's just, it's like a stable, it's like a small part of my okay. practice, if you like, I you know. You. All right. Uh, another question in dealing with, let's say, your subjects, when you're dealing with a person and, and you're in an intimate setting, uh, do you see a reaction or positive or negative in the way they are, are, the way you approach them or even, or more so the way they are at ease or not at ease with an iPhone compared to a DSLR? Um, I think it depends. I would say overall, yes, there, people are still more comfortable if you like, um, or let's say they're less uncomfortable with the iPhone camera, mm -hmm. but you know, like everything that's changing too. I think, uh, you know, if you're on the streets of, of Baghdad or even New York city and you point your phone camera at somebody, I think at this point, it's not like, Oh, that's cute. I think they're going to think, Hey, this dude's taking my picture. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, so I think again, these things are, these definitions and these roles are changing so, so rapidly yeah. and the world is smart. I mean, it's, it's a, it's, you know, the, it's not like it used to be, yeah. you know, there's not as much naivete about photography. There's more concern about because of the internet, who are you? Why are you doing this? Where's it going to appear? Yeah. I was always kind of curious with when I shoot some with my iPhone, if they're giving me more of that, that iPhone look, you know, maybe a, 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 <laughs> as opposed to taking it seriously to some degree. And obviously you're in a, in situations where they may be very intense and no one is expecting a, a smiley face, but, uh, but they, they may react differently to seeing uh, an iPhone brought out than they would to their DSL, to a DSLR. And, and that may be positive or negative for the photo you want to get. I think in general, I would agree with you, but you know, I think what I've come to, what I've come to learn is that it ha it, the, the, it's a matter of who's on the other end of that thing. Right. To some degree, that whole notion that certainly I think I grew up with, and maybe some of you grew up with, like, well, I'll use a Leica because it's quiet and it's smaller and people won't notice me. How is anyone not going to notice me? Right, right. You know, I mean, that's impossible. So so it's how you use the tool. It's how you move through the world. It's it's how you look at people. It's how you position yourself. That has more to do with then the size or the or the or the sound of the of the equipment. Have you used the the connectivity of the phone 
in your professional work where you're sending in something to an editor uh, that you w- otherwise would have had to wait and get home, put it in your co- computer and then to the editor? Or has that not really happened yet? Well, absolutely. Well, it happened with the with the Sandy thing. And then a year later, I did a follow up for NBC.com. And, you know, we were sending the work out from the field. And then when I've done takeovers for Open Society Foundation or The New Yorker or, um, you know, a, a few other uh, feeds, I'll often be posting from the field. So so that is absolutely a, like an, an integral part of what makes this device such an amazing tool. What are you looking forward to to the new iPhone 7 and will you jump on it as soon as it comes out? Um, yeah, I, I will. I mean, I'm not going to get it like the first day or week, but I'll definitely get it within the first month or so. You know, I haven't heard enough about it to know. I just know that the camera will be improved. Right. Has there ever been an, a new version of the phone that didn't that wasn't better in right. some way? You Correct. Know? Yeah. I'd love to mm-hmm. see the battery life improved. Yeah. Let me ask you one more question. It sounds silly, but it's really not. And, and I've been asking this to a lot of people lately who've been using their phones increasingly for taking pictures. How often do you clean the lens on your phone? <laughs> That's a great question. Yeah. Probably not often enough. Because so I'm, I'm amazed how many people, they post out pictures and you can tell that there's, there's like French fry grease on the front of their phone. <laughs> That's a, it's amazing. And no one cleans it out. No one does it. true. Okay. Well, right. uh, is there anything you want to you want to plug? You want to mention? Let's see. Well, I mean, I I just well, I'd like to mention that uh, my agency Seven Photo is celebrating its 15th anniversary this fall, and we're going to have three nights of um, projections outside of uh, Grace Plaza near the ICP School on Sixth Avenue. Oh yeah. Um, October six, seven, eight. Oh. So, okay. It's pretty cool that people can just come by you know, between 6.30 and 9 o'clock for three nights in a row, and there'll just be images and short films being projected. Uh, Hopefully the weather will be good. Always good talking with you, Ed. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks for your patience and getting this together. Brendan O'Shea is a teacher and a photographer from Cork, Ireland. He posts most of his work to Flickr, and a shot he took in a park in Denmark was chosen to be included in the high-profile ad campaign shot on iPhone 6. We'll speak with Brendan on how that came to be and how the iPhone has energized his love for photography. In December 2014, an anonymous email hit my Flickr account. Um, I ignored it because <laughs> you, get, you get these random emails from people wanting you to contact them or you know wanting to use your images. And I, I ignored it. A week later, the email came back again, and this time, you know, they were, you know, pressing on me to urgently contact them. I what was an email the, address? Sorry, yeah. No, what, what was the uh, the email address that that was it? Uh... It didn't say occupant, did it? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> It was a Flickr account. Like the reason why I ignored the original email is because when I went to look at the, like it was a Flickr mail that came into me. When I looked at the account associated with the Flickr uh, mail, there were no photographs posted there. And that usually is a signal for me to ignore whoever is sending it. You know, yeah, that if it's yeah. been worthwhile, then the person would have an active stream of photographs on their Flickr account, but they had nothing. Right. So then they supplied me with an email address, would give me zero details until they sent the non-disclosure agreement across to me, Mm. sent the non-disclosure agreement across to me. I saw on the the, the heading, Apple, and the excitement built, as you could imagine, when you, you know, what is it that, you know, Apple wants Mm -hmm. me to be associated with? 
no details were forthcoming that it was just they were saying it was at this stage it was just research that they were doing and that they may be or maybe not interested in an image of mine and then they requested that i send them the original um file for the photograph that i took in in copenhagen of, of the super Killen park and also they i i sent photographs from um, that i also shot on, on the iphone 6 from berlin to them they licensed those photographs and ultimately ran with the copenhagen photograph for their campaign what seems to happen from talking to other photographers who were on the campaign is that initially they would contact you for that they're interested in one image, but then inquire, do you have other images? So then I submitted other um, images to them, and they ultimately they 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 licensed three images from me and ran with two. They ran with the one that was on their outdoor campaign, and they also used one in a, a TV um, advert in the United States. Mm-hmm. How many photographers were contacted? Do you have any idea? I think based on the book that they gave the photographers on the campaign last year, I think it was in the six, seven month campaign that they ran last year. I think it was about 150 photographers. I may be wrong on that, but I think ultimately it was about 150. Initially in the first um, phase of the campaign, it wouldn't have been more than, I'm, I'm going by memory, but I don't think it would have been more than 40. I think that, the initial campaign was also on the apple.com website. Mm-hmm. But I think with the later iterations of the campaign, there were more and more photographers brought in. And I think it totaled 150. I may be wrong on that, but I think it was about that. And this is all from existing stock photography. Nobody was given assignments. To the best of my knowledge, nobody was given, well, I wasn't given any assignment or requests to, you know, to produce a certain type of image that um, these were people who, like that, you know, I think that there were some well-known photographers in the initial campaign, people like Pei Ketron, but by and large, the others who were chosen were people ranging from, you know, like there was w- one guy on it who got the iPhone 6 and it was the first photograph that he shot. Hmm. The first photograph he shot was of his, of his little daughter. Hmm. He posted it on Flickr. And it went, you know, all over the world on big, huge billboards. And do you think the Flickr was the main avenue for people finding the work, or was it? There... Uh, no, I, I would imagine that Instagram probably was the the, the main avenue. I think, you know, that they, they, they it, it, it shows how, you know, much effort went into it. That they also, you know, scoured Flickr and Facebook and Instagram, and you know really tried to come up with as many images as they could in, in, in terms of selection. And did you hashtag uh, your images or did you note that they were shot by iPhone? I um, did hashtag it, that I would have had um, iPhone 6 on it. With Flickr, Flickr retains the exit data, so it gives information about the um, type of camera that it was shot on, so that would have been there also. But in terms of they doing a search on Flickr for iPhone 6, it would have been the hashtag that would have turned it up. Uh-huh. And did Flickr step in in any way? Never, never to the best of my knowledge, never with me, and never to the best of my knowledge with anybody, mm-hmm. any, of the, any of the other photographers that I've been involved with. Now, the pictures that have, were selected that were used in this campaign What's the status of the rights of those photographs for you right now? Does Apple own those outright, or are you able to monetize it in any way on your own now? Apple have it 
um, license for a period of time, which I can't use it in terms of other uh, commercial activities. But you know, the the, the image is, is 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 mine. Okay. It sounds like you're in touch with several of the other photographers who were involved in the campaign. Were you put together with them, or did you kind of find each other just through Flickr and Instagram? It, 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 we found each other, and it was through Twitter. And as you can imagine, with an experience like this, you know, because we were, you know, it, nothing had been done like this before. That they were, you know, gathering unknown photographers and you know, putting their 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 work on, you know, world gallery. So there was great excitement that we were sharing together and a little community, you know, sprung up on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Might have been up to 10 of us who were actively, you know, looking to locate where the billboards were, looking right. to find, you know, in, in the print um, magazines where the images were because Apple made it a treasure hunt. And it's, uh-huh. it's quite clever on, on their part, you know, that we were given a list of locations that the images were on billboards in different parts of the world. But... We were on like on a daily basis. We were, you know, uh, people would, you know, tweet us or send us mails of finding it in, you know, in places like Bogota and Santiago and mm-hmm. Dubai, Sydney. Right. It was it was a crazy, crazy magical experience, if you can imagine. The original people to contact you were the Media Arts Lab. That's the, the, Arts the Lab, yeah. okay, and they're the ones that sent you the original non-disclosure agreement. Yeah. Okay, and what terms did they kind of uh, ask? So. From December to March the fourth, um, I, you know, told nobody except my wife, who was next to me when the the original email came in. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't, you, you shouldn't keep secrets from your wife. So <laughs> <laughs> she was the only person that that knew. So on March the like the Friday prior to March the fourth, I got a telephone call from Media Arts Lab to say that congratulations, your photographs, you know, part of the Apple World Gallery will be on billboards in 70 cities, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't believe it. Didn't believe it at all. Hmm. You know, so it was only until I got a, a mail from a Flickr friend who was in Berlin and sent me a photograph of it on a big billboard in Berlin that, you know, that I began to realize how big it was. But um, for the intervening time between the non-disclosure to the, the, the campaign going live, I, you know, didn't talk to anyone at all about it, you know? Well, they were contacting you, though, I imagine, right, at, during that period for arranging for the, the terms of the, the licensing and and the fee that, that you would charge? There would have been a lot of toing and froing between um, the, the agency and myself from the initial contact and all the things about the contract, the, the licensing fee and all of that would have been done, agreed before the um before going live right and at that point you still didn't know what image they were going to use or or had they like i i had they had licensed um at that stage they had licensed uh two images Mm -hmm. and they ran with um with with one in the initial uh campaign but i I, like up until i think it was probably until june where i was told that the second image was wasn't going to be used I see. And they licensed them for the same amount of money or did they? Yeah, they did. OK. Yep. 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 And yep. Did, were you handling the negotiations or were there negotiations or how, how did that work? How the negotiations worked was that what they offered, I accepted. <laughs> <laughs> because when, you know, when these things come to your door, you have to weigh it up. You know, yeah. that if you like. <laughs> to, to, you know, you're not going to say no when when there's exposure like that on on 
on offer. Were you satisfied with the the financial compensation? Do you feel that it's fair and equal to maybe any other situations you've had? For for me, when I was presented with this opportunity, the you know the financial reward did not pop into my head at all. Mm-hmm. You know that I'm not a professional photographer. That it's something that you know that I do in my in my free time, which gives me an awful lot of enjoyment. The idea that you know a photograph that I took on an iPhone was going to go worldwide like that. It was, it was, it was like, it was magical. Right. Um, so, you know, like that it was a, it was a small amount that they paid me in comparison to other licensing agreements that, you know, that, that I've been part of or, or that I know of that, you know, if you go online and you go to the, the stock photo calculator and you put in the territory that that was um, shown in and the duration that it was shown in, then, it, it is a distance away from what Apple paid me, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but at no point was that my motivation. I understand. Totally. I mean, we all in that as photographers, we're all on that same boat where we have to balance, you know, the payday with the exposure, with everything else that comes with uh, the opportunities that are given. The whole experience for me was something that I could never have dreamt of that a photograph that I would take would, you know, be displayed on, you know, billboards, of you know, eleven floors, eleven stories high, and in you know, print magazines like New mm-hmm, York. Mm-hmm. I got to see it myself in Milan and in Tokyo, and it, it's 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 an experience that will live with me for the rest of my life. And absolutely, you know, that I wasn't going to be mercenary about it, and you know, think that you know, this is an opportunity to, to make a killing. Mm-hmm. Not at all. That that you know, as I say, that I'm I'm not a professional photographer. Photography, like I think that if I were a professional photographer, it would fill me with dread. Mm-hmm. Whereas at mm-hmm. the moment, photography, it's you know, it's, very, it's a it's a frustrating process. But when it when it <laughs> get when it, when it when I get it right, it's a personal mm-hmm. thing and it gives me great satisfaction. I would imagine, and again, this is guessing for me, but that if Apple, like if the if an email comes into somebody saying, "Hey, we found this photograph," suddenly you see the name Apple. Mm-hmm. The, the you know the overriding emotion that you will have is fear of missing out, and yeah. I think that if you're if you stop and say, "Hey," Is if you want me, you have to pay X amount of dollars. What Apple will do, or the agency will do, is that they'll move to the next photograph. They'll move to the next. Uh, it, the, the thing is that it's not a photographer's campaign; it's a photography campaign. Mm. Ah, okay. This is a good distinction. A good point. Yeah. I mean, and and that is obviously something that we all deal with. It's an issue that professional and and semi-professional photographers uh, we're always dealing with. You know, are we? We don't want to get passed over for the next one. We realize how many photographers are out there and amateur, professional, and otherwise. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's obviously an understandable decision. Um, you know, the dealings that I had with them were absolutely excellent. They were very kind to me. They sent um, print magazines from the image appeared in. Mm-hmm. At the end of the campaign, like all the photographers got the, the book. They also sent me one of the um, posters, which you know had the image with with, with emblazoned on it, shot in iPhone six. So it was a it was a really really good relationship that mm-hmm. I had with them. That's cool. Well, has, has this led to any other work since? Um, yes, like that. It like since then, I suppose there has been you know kind of a constant stream of um, you know kind of things like I'm doing with yourselves here, interviews, features in magazines, that it brought me to London as part of Meet the iPhone Photographer in March of this year. I was the first photographer ever to be invited to talk about mobile photography in the Royal um, Royal Photographic Society in uh, in Thailand. Mm -hmm. I was also out in um, 
Indonesia and Jakarta talking about my photography and mobile photography and doing workshops there and should be back out there next year to do more workshops. What I began to do myself and was in the collaboration with two galleries here in Ireland is to begin to give um, photography, mobile photography workshops. My background is in is in teaching in university, so it was a, you know it was a logical step to combine you know what 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 you know what is and what was my my hobby of photography with with education and the workshops that I do are something that I really really enjoy and you know there's great you know feedback with participants on it. I've one coming up next Saturday in Dublin, so th- that kind of opportunity there has like there has been maybe one or two other things in the pipeline but it's you know that I've, I've, I've had a lot of opportunities in terms of travel and exposure mm-hmm. with photography mm-hmm. since then it sounds to me that your photography took off when you had a you know a device with you all the time and I, mm-hmm. I think that's normal for everybody I mean the more you do something the better you get the more you think about it and and you, you know you develop your your art in that way is that fair to say that having the iphone improved your work unquestionably because when i was giving the talk in in bangkok that i spent quite a bit of time reflecting on my photographic journey mm-hmm. and it made me think of the bresson quote about your first ten thousand photographs are your worst mm-hmm. and i think it's a very outdated <laughs> quote because i think you know hundred thousand, right? <laughs> yeah like i'm just back from asia and i brought back you know maybe twenty five thousand photographs that i took over two months so in terms of photographic journey that I was on, I would have never shot 10,000 photographs in a year because most of the time the camera would have spent its, you know, being kept in the drawer, like the like the Fuji and the, the Nikon are at the moment, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> where I had a camera with me 24-7, mm-hmm. all these photographic, you know, opportunities, photo ops that I would walk past before and say, oh, that would make a great photo. Now I was able to capture them. Mm-hmm. And because of this, I began to see and think photographically much more actively and to shoot much, much more and to make lots and lots of mistakes. Mm-hmm. What I really enjoyed about the, the iPhone and the initial stages was that the limitations of the camera forced me to become creative. Mm. And like, I don't know if you've seen the work that I did about 2012, 2013 with, you know, kind of blurred mm-hmm. images with the iPhone with intentional camera movement. Like when I look back at those now, I see that I would never have done that if the camera had been better on the on the iPhone. But it was because of the limitations, the small sensor, the you know the bad and low light that I was able to produce those. So my photographic journey has always, you know, I think you know really really took off with the with the iPhone. I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed it much much more than the other cameras. It's hard to well, it's easy to say why. I think because it fits in my hand so comfortably. And it's a fixed lens. It's something else that I didn't realize about about how, wh- why I improved as a photographer. It's Absolutely, because yeah. Having a fixed lens forced me to become much more considerate about what, how, I, how I'm composing and what I'm composing. Mm-hmm. And I think I really, really benefited from that. For me, it has become you know, kind of an organic, instinctive thing about how I employ the iPhone, how I interact with it. And I'm not, like when I'm shooting with the iPhone, there's never... There's rarely a case that I feel, oh, I wish I had, you know, the Nikon or I wish I had the the Fuji. Now, on the fo- on the photo that uh, has been used for the campaign, uh, did did they process it? Did they change it in a way that uh, that you wouldn't have changed it? Did they add contrast? Did they crop it to a degree, or 
Well, first of all, what, what did they do to it, and was it something that you would not have done? I, one thing I did notice from the billboards we have around here in town, there is some kind of a notation that it was yeah. captured by, but they, they allude to the fact they did something to it. They, what, what they have on it is that they have used software for the enlargement. Yeah. Now, I can't remember the exact phrasing for that, but I remember seeing it and that it's on every single um, billboard that they would have it like that. Okay, because obviously a phone, you out of the phone, it's not doing a billboard. Not that well, anyway. No, but in terms of the um, the image that I sent them and the image that they used, the only change that they made was the cropping. Because it was a square image, in some of them they have it um, cropped um, horizontally or in kind of landscape mode. Mm-hmm. They also blurred the faces of the four people in it. Yeah. Okay. And did they inquire about model releases? If if you had model releases, yes, they yes. did. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Without going into it too much, I can make a broad statement about that. I think that if you look at the campaign, wherever there is a person visible, most of them are blurred out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, my last question is: Did was were there any billboards in Cork? Cork is the European headquarters for production for Apple. It employs 6,000 people here in Cork. There were no billboards at all in Ireland, and there was no billboards in Copenhagen where the photograph was taken also. It's a small market. You can see the sense of it. Yeah, yeah. But still, you'd think they want to put one like near your home somewhere. No, just to... That would have been nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I, I mean, I really appreciate your time, and obviously I know you've spoken you've spoken about this a lot, so I you know, appreciate you... Uh, you know, rehashing a lot of the old stories. Enjoy the conversation. Thanks very much, Brandon. All right, good really chatting. appreciate it. Okay. Yeah. Have, a good, have a good evening. If you'd like to reach out to us with your questions or comments, email us at podcast at bhphoto.com. Needless to say, some of the more interesting things about the new iPhone 7 have nothing to do with making phone calls. It has to do with taking pictures. The new iPhone 7 features an improved optical system, two lenses. It has a faster, wider aperture. It has optical zoom, six-element lens, and quad LED true tone flash, which is an advanced flash system. Basically, it's a better camera than the iPhone 6S was. And lest we forget, the camera is water-resistant down to three feet for up to 30 minutes of time. We'll wrap up the show with Olivia Laurent, who has actually had a chance to use the new iPhone 7. Olivia Laurent is a journalist and the editor of Lightbox at Time.com. He's also one of the few fortunate people who has an iPhone 7 before the rest of us. How did you get it? And then tell us a little bit about the new phone. Well, you know, more most um, camera manufacturers and Apple included uh, wants their um, product to be reviewed before it actually comes out. So Apple select a few media companies, and we got one. Aha! Uh-huh. Okay. How did they choose you? How'd you get choice? And a lot of people at Time.com. Yeah, we <laughs> want to know. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's about like three or four people that would uh, write about uh, uh, the iPhone, both on the tech team and. Uh, uh, on the photo team. Any uh, non-disclosure agreements needed to be signed or any promises made? <laughs> <laughs> no promises made. Like we're always like very independent in what we can say about it. Um, the only, the only uh, um, uh, note is like the embargo on when the reviews can come out. Is it safe to assume that you had an iPhone 6 or 6S? I had a 6S before. Okay. 6S Plus. 
what's the difference now? Do you do you see a big difference between the last generation and the new? Well, in terms of the design itself, apart from the finishes and the colors, um, they look very much the same, and they almost weight the same as well. What about well, the picture quality? That's let's fit. Yeah. This is a photo podcast. Well, the picture quality is like with with any new iPhone and with any other like uh, brands new phone new versions you get an increase in the picture quality so in this case like uh, it's it's a you know like you have to talk about the 7 and the 7 plus there's difference between the two so 7 has a new lens like a 12 megapixel lens uh f1.8 uh, right which is an improvement on on what it had before i think it was 2.2 if i'm not mistaken yes. yeah. 2. Yeah. 2. right yeah exactly mm-hmm. 12 megapixel um so already like with the 7 you get a bump in the uh, in the specs and in the picture quality compared to the to the 6s um but it's really the 7 plus that's very interesting for photographers and in this case it's because it has two lenses one is 28 mil and the other one is 56 mil right uh, which allows already like an actual optical zoom um uh, a two times optical zoom and uh, allows for better quality uh, of the image there's also image stabilization but on the wide angle only i think it is uh, no, it's on both. On both, okay. I believe so, yeah. All right. So that also, for low light, that's and it terrific. Was on the 6S Plus, they had optical image Yeah, okay. Too, so. Like, see, so, so the difference with uh, with the optical uh, image stabilization is that the 6S, so normal size 6S, didn't have it. Now right. the 7 has it. Right. And the oh, 7 Plus okay. um, has it, of course, because the 6S Plus had it. But the, the big deal is the is the dual lens. Yeah. And that's only on the Plus. That's on the other plus. Okay. And what else is the big deal? Well, is there another big deal? The, well, the, like the, the quad process, the processors are, are stronger in them. So, so the processors are stronger, but like what's very interesting about the, uh, uh, so, so the two lenses, it's not just the fact that it allows you to, to get a sort of optical zoom, like to be able to do more portrait like photographs without distortion of the lens, but it's the fact that the, the image processor uses both lenses to create the image so you're not taking a photo with one lens you're taking a photo with two lenses which leads to more information mm-hmm. uh, so you get like better highlights for example like better details um, and better low light uh, photos and it's sort of like hdr in a sense the way it's basically it's using the mechanism of yeah. hdr in a yeah, way yeah, yes yeah, yeah. Uh, not to the extreme of like what HDR uh, does, but it's, it's gonna, uses, not going to make everything look a Maxwell Parish. Exactly, painting. it just makes it like <laughs> makes the, the color brighter, the right. details more refined, and in the light situation, uh, it sees greater. deeper into the shadows and exactly. deeper into the highlights. Yeah. You're, you're not going to get like DSLR uh, quality in low light that uh, with the, with the seven plus, but you're going to get a much better improvement compared to the compared to the last generation. Exactly, right. And is it easy to switch back and forth to the, between the lenses? What's the, the yeah? So like, like everything is automatic. Yeah. Like you don't realize that you're using both lenses. Uh, but when you want to uh, uh, to zoom in, uh, you just uh, tap on the screen. There's a little uh, one time um, indicator, and then you just type on that, and it goes to two times. Okay, all right, very easy. And I guess the FaceTime camera is a little bit better too, right? That's what I'm seeing here. You got seven me- megapixels. Yeah, great, great uh, jump in uh, uh, resolving power there also. That's yeah, correct. it'd be great for selfies. Yeah, everything's looking better here. And, you know, FaceTime yeah. calls and anything like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Retina flash and also his 1080 video on the FaceTime side. That's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah. 
The screen is the same or a little bit brighter. I, I read a couple little S remarks about that. Yeah, see, the screen on the 7 Plus is uh, much better than before. Uh, it allows the photos to really pop um, in terms of colors. Mm -hmm. um, I was over the weekend, I took like, I was on the beach and I took a picture of a kite flying and the colors against the white sky, were, like the blue sky was incredible. Like better than what I had with the, the success. Interesting. For sure. Interesting. Anything about, let's say, burst shooting? Anything? I guess it's all the same. Probably it's, it already yeah, shoots pretty fast. Exactly. <laughs> it shoots like it's already shot really, really quickly, uh -huh. and now it's just like you know it processes it even more uh -huh. quickly. So. And what about the flash? The flash is improved. It's a quad LED true tone flash. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that, what What is that? Is what's the story with that? It's basically you analyze the uh, um, the ambient line light uh, that you have in the room or wherever you are, and compensate to make sure that the subject is correctly exposed and the skin so it's colors advanced and all that. autofill in a sense would that be a correct way of describing it's it? one way to describe yeah. it yes this what it sounds like okay yeah. which is good <laughs> well we spoke to some photographers you know in in preparation for this and and first of all the you know optical zoom was the number one thing so apple's given given them given us that and waterproof was another one, and and a little more water sturdy. resistant. Water resistant. Yes. All right. Did Big we figure that out yet? Have you dropped it in your toilet yet? We actually, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we actually did a test in the office where we just dropped it in a bucket of water, uh -huh. and it was functioning perfectly oh, right yeah? after. Okay. Yeah. How about uh, the person who held it underwater? Did they survive? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did. Okay. It's okay. a small bucket. Right. <laughs> so there's no depth rating? I imagine it's... I think it's three feet. If three yeah, I believe so. Like if you fall in the swimming pool, it's not going to ruin your phone. Right, right. That's right. basically... Uh, the, yeah, I think it's three feet for up to a half hour is, is yeah, I think that's what, what the they rating, mentioned. IP67 or whatever yeah, that is. Yeah, that's okay. what they mentioned, yes. Mm -hmm. right, right. And, and it, like for a photographer, like a professional photographer in the field, that's like... It's it's important. Mm -hmm. Sure, you want to know that, like you know, if you if you're on a on a on an assignment somewhere, if it's going to start raining, if there's going to be something happening, like you know that your phone, which is also like the, the way for you to communicate with the outside world in case something goes yeah. wrong, it's not going to be ruined by it a little bit of or a rainstorm. It also means I mean, yeah, humidity exactly. is the big deal. I mean, yeah. you humidity know. also. So you're working in a really, if you're working in a tropical zones, exactly. humidity could be your real bear, and here it's just better sealed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, and the sensor <clears> is the same from what we understand. Is there any? Other than the, the sensor itself, I yeah, mean, I think a, the sensor the is the same. Like, sensor. Exactly, yeah. I think. Yeah. Okay, and uh, how about just the general handling uh, and and the manipulation? Is there anything new that we're doing? Since the, the design is very similar to uh, the previous one, mm -hmm. you don't really feel a difference. I guess the biggest difference you'll feel is when you uh, start pushing that uh, home button, mm -hmm. which is not really a button anymore. It's more of a, a 3D touch almost. Uh, oh yeah. It's like that uh, give you a little the haptic feedback. That, Can I see? Like oh, yeah, prevent like it makes you believe that you are actually pushing a button, but you're not pushing it. Oh yeah! Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah! You don't even feel anything. Exactly. Cool. That well, looks great. Yeah. That's for sure. John, show our listeners. Okay, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking a selfie. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, like in like everything else is very similar. In terms of design, so of course you you feel the difference in terms of speed, mm -hmm. uh, uh, but that's like in terms of feeling, mm -hmm. that's the only difference. Mm -hmm. And uh, what's the word around the office? Are people uh, going to be buying it tomorrow? 
Or around the office, I don't know. But like yeah. so far, I've seen like a lot of uh, positive review. It's not a revolution. Uh -huh. I'd say that um, uh, if you're, you know, like if you have a 6S and if you're upgrading to iOS uh, 10, um, you're going to feel like you have a brand new phone already. Yeah. So then it's a matter of like, what do you wait until next year where there's lots of rumors that it's going to be, you know, a big change mm -hmm. for the iPhone, especially for the 10 years anniversary of, uh, of the iPhone. I think it's just so funny if you really think about it. Apple comes out with a new phone, and what's the big conversation about? How it takes pictures. It has nothing to do with communicating completely. via voice. It's completely changed. It's about taking pictures. It's, it was very interesting a few years back when you saw the growth of, uh, of the iPhone. Like you'd look at Flickr's and the most popular cameras on Flickr's, and the iPhone was climbing to those charts. It's like what's very interesting is that mobile phone has made have made photography easy for everyone mm -hmm. in the sense that like you look at the camera app on a phone and you have one button and that's mainly it and for a lot of people like uh, my mom my like you know my friends and all this they don't want to be looking at the DSLR with all the features and all the little thing dials that they have to turn and they don't know if they're going to get the right shot with the iPhone and with the, the other phones, like it really It's as point made and it. shoot as it gets. Exactly. More point and shoot than a point and shoot camera. And that's why it like and that's why the point and shoot camera market completely like collapsed uh, uh, after yeah. the uh, the popularity of the iPhone. Mm -hmm. Now by the way, and again this is uh, uh maybe maybe I'm breaking in the NDA, but the new Canon uh, 5D Mark IV, <laughs> okay, or Mark V at the next one, will make phone calls, but only local. Okay, so we're changing. It's catching up. It's catching up. No word from Nikon yet. No word from Nikon. <laughs> okay, so uh, you do have to send the phone back eventually, or yeah. it's yours? Yeah, yeah, it's a loner. Okay. You know, and, by the way, unbeknownst and, to Olivia, we slipped him a Mickey before, and after he falls asleep, his eyes are just starting to drip a little bit. We're going to commandeer his phone and give it a real road test, uh, and that'll be part two of today's show. And use a water had a weird taste. <laughs> Okay, so I think that's a good place to end it. But let me just ask, <laughs> after you send it back, will you be buying the 7 or the 7 Plus or are you going to hold off and use your 6S? It's going to be hard to go back to the 6S after playing uh, for a few weeks with the 7 Plus, that's for sure. Uh, I'll Very see. Good the, phone the phone sound quality is that good, huh? I haven't made a phone call in <laughs> ages. That's in what ages. I was fishing for. <laughs> <laughs> I've done FaceTime, you know, I've done like... We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. On behalf of John, Jason, and myself, thank you so much for joining us.